So uh, a couple of weeks, or last Sunday, last Sunday, I was uh, at my home church, Kalkaska. They had Youth Sunday, and there were kids preaching, and I was like, man, this is awesome. And I knew that Oliver had been working on a couple of different book reports, and um, I wanted to start a new sermon series on 1 Thessalonians. Oliver had been reading 1 Thessalonians, working on a book report on 1 Thessalonians. I said, Oliver, I think you should share your book report with us. So, Oliver's going to present his book report, and go ahead, make sure you talk in the microphone good. So I made a book report about 1 Thessalonians in the Bible. Being thankful, we should thank God. We should thank him in prayers. We should bless him for all he did because he died for us. We should be thankful because he did that for us. Prayer is someone who talks to God and blesses him. Verses. 1 Thessalonians 1.4 for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he had chosen you. Loved by God, you believe in him. He has chosen you. You come up to heaven. Keywords. Became a model of all believers. Lord's message rang out of you. God who tests our hearts. Young children among you. God who calls you into your kingdom. First Thessalonians 2.17 but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in a person, not in heart, we endure all the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. First Thessalonians 4, 9 and Psalm 107. Now concerning the fatherly love, you have no need for anyone to write you. For, your, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. It's telling, it's telling us to give thanks. Have Jesus Christ be with you. Psalm 107, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Very good, Oliver. Thank you. That's your message today. God be with you. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Oliver. And if there's any young people that want to give this a go, it's an open pulpit, all right, if you want to do a book report. And uh, that goes for any one of you, uh, for all of us, for that matter, that we would be studying God's Word and discerning what is it saying and teaching us. Thank you, Oliver. Very good job. Uh, as Oliver introduced for us very well, we're going to be in the book of First Thessalonians. I'm going to use uh, my return back to the pulpit as um, maybe something a little different than what I normally do. Um, I didn't think there's any chance I would get through it without like um, completely being a bumbling mess. So I actually wrote it all out, and and uh, so I'm just going to read you uh, what is essentially. Uh, my thank you letter. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be a thank you. 
the last month has been uh, challenging for me, both personally, emotionally, and professionally, and in ways that I haven't really totally processed yet. People have asked me, how are you? And I think, I'm good, I'm upright. Um, uh, but to really know how I am, God has really uh, been shaping me. Um, uh, towards the beginning of the month, uh, my dad communicated with me uh, that he was going to undergo some tests, as we've already um, belabored uh, quite a bit. Uh, but sure enough, those evaluations turned into a need for a bypass surgery. And, you know, on top of all of that, he needed his carotid artery cleaned out. And so my dad was basically, you know, uh, a walking, talking, you know, ticking time bomb of uh, potential problems. Um, of course, nothing in life is easy, uh, particularly when it comes to health concerns between changes of schedules and operations and healing, um, the healing time and nurses visiting and all the crazy preparation and follow-up. Uh, getting sick is a, um, and needing help is a complicated mess. On top of that, uh, you well know that uh, there's a family business involved. And like many family businesses, it's a small operation. And one person takes care of most everything. And so what does one do when you're having heart surgery and you own your own business? Well, you hope that family can help. I have two brothers, and one brother, he wasn't able to uh, leave his work, and another brother who's a missionary to New York. I was always the one who helped my dad at the store, uh, and so it seemed to fall on me to run it. A deep uh, sense of responsibility fell on my shoulders, and a heavy burden to do the right thing, but not really knowing what the right thing was. So how do you honor your father and mother and also care for your family? How do you seemingly walk away from work responsibilities and at the same time support your family? The truth is, you don't. <laughs> I've said it time and time again, but this time there is a genu genuineness to it that I hope you hear with the sincerest, heartfelt admiration and appreciation. You do not get through trials on your own. You are strengthened and supported by God. And it's through His Spirit that this help comes. You do not get through trials on your own. And God is the one who helps you through. And He blesses you, and He encourages, and He helps us. All of that blessing, all of that encouraging, all of that help is that we might glorify God through it, that we might praise his name, the name of Christ. You don't get through trials on your own. You are strengthened and supported by God. It is through his spirit that his help comes. It is through this spirit, his spirit, that we are encouraged, that we are lifted up. If we will listen and open ourselves to him and trust him, we know he is there. We don't get through trials on our own. I remember in September, it was a fateful afternoon after a busy, hurried schedule, I said to myself, boy, I can't wait for October. It'll be a lot slower then. That's foolishness. Don't ever say that. Don't do that. 
We get through difficult trials because God goes with us. God goes with us. And us, I think, is a really important word. Before I even left for several weeks, God with us showed up. You don't get through trials without a church family. I believe that with all my heart before, but the sincerity behind it hopefully has even greater weight to it. God uses his church to help us in our trials. I've seen God work in his people in extraordinary ways through radical generosity, people blessing one another financially in ways you could never have imagined. The thoughtfulness of a meal when you have been going, 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 and the thoughtfulness of people sending cards and encouragements and praying for you. This is God's church at work, God's spirit at work in and through his people. Before I left, we were blessed. Blessed with leaders who said, go and take care of your family. That's your ministry too. My beautiful wife who supported our family in this trial and season. What an amazing blessing it is to have married up so high. A beautiful church family who prays for you. Welcomes, I, I, I love that my mom and dad are on the church family page. And they know you and you know them. And thank you. You don't get through trials on your own. You need God and his church. You need his spirit and spirit-filled people in your life. When I arrived in Kalkaska, there was a lot of preparation. Preparing for surgery, preparing for my dad to be out of the business for a couple of weeks, remembering how to close the books at the end of the day, pay bills, get shipments of new retail items, knowing where the chicken feed is. All that week, people from Kalkaska Church were popping in. I heard your dad was having heart surgery. Is there anything we can do? Actually, yeah. Your, your dad's going to be unable to pick up feed for a while. Would it be all right if I helped out when he recovers? Actually, yeah, that would be really helpful. Someone was critical of the church. After all the faithful years of service to your church, you just wait and see who helps out. I shut it down right then and there. It seems like your church cares more about them than their church does. I heard that comment too. I said, I'm glad you noticed that my church family loves and cares for them. And I want you to know that theirs does too. They've already done so much and they will continue to love and support my parents. Oh. When I started working the store on my own, people were surprised not to see my dad. Uh, you're not the guy who's normally here. You're right. He's not here right now. Well, is he all right? Well, he's doing well, all things considered. He's having heart surgery, or he's had heart surgery, but he's doing well, and we are thankful that they caught it before any damage was done. 
Well, are you the son that worked at the lumber yard? No, that's my other brother. Are you the missionary? No, that's my other brother. Well, who are you? And I would say, I'm the minister of a great church in a small town in northern Indiana. Oh, you're that son. Your dad is proud of you. Thanks. How long are you up for? Well, it looks like a couple of weeks. And I'm so thankful for my church family back home. They've been gracious to allow me the time I've had up here to care for my parents. It's a great church. God has really helped our family. You don't get through trials on your own. This past Monday, I was visited by some of the dearest saints in my life. People that I admire, and I wish I just had a mustard seed size of the faith that they have. Jeff and Carol have been missionaries to Haiti for a long time. I'm not sure how long, but well over 30 years. And Jeff and Carol, they worked hard and they saved their income as best as they could, lived as simply as possible so that every dollar donated to the Hope Mission to Haiti would get every donation dollar given to them. They would pay for their own flights, for their food, for all of, all of their income went to their needs so that those who didn't have anything could have something. I've marveled at how they are open to God's spirit, opening to listening to God and loving people and serving others. Jeff and Carol showed up to the store this week. and Carol said, we're here to help. I reached out to the church and I said, Dad's going to have to have some appointments and he won't be able to lift and he's going to need rides and Mom, she needs to keep working. Mom's got turmoil in her job. People are dropping left and right. She's like three nurses left for the Commission on Aging for all of Traverse City. So Mom's like, I got to keep taking care of people. And Carol said, well, I'm here to get trained. Your dad's going to need someone to run this cash register, and I'm the one who's going to do it. You're right. Let's get you trained. <laughs> People who have been listening to God, Jeff and Carol, their entire adult lives, who've traveled to the ends of the earth, to the darkest corners of our world, and God's using them to run a cash register. Because they know a fundamental truth. We don't get through trials on our own, and we need help. We need God's Spirit leading us. We need God's people open to God's Spirit leading them. And there are those people right here. Right here in this room. People open to God's Spirit. Open to Him leading them each and every day. I've been reading 1 Thessalonians lately. It's an encouraging book, and it begins with thanksgiving. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. 
common greeting. It's a combination of the Greek greeting, grace, charis, and the Hebrew greeting, peace, shalom. In a way, it's a simple proclamation of the gospel that all people are unified and under the lordship of Christ. Grace and peace be to you. It's the testimony of the power of the gospel that God is bringing all people to him, making two people, Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, all people one under the lordship of Christ. All of that wrapped up in charis and shalom, grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and continually, continually mention you in prayers. That phrase has anchored my heart in sincere thanksgiving. I always thank God for all of you. I always thank God for your encouragement, for your presence and your faithfulness. I keep thanking God for you. What was it about the Thessalonians church that Paul and his companions, whenever they thought of the church, they were thankful? What is it that they remember and think of? Why does Paul love and appreciate the Thessalonian church so much? It says in verse 3, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, endurance inspired by hope, and it's all in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know why when I think of you, I remember God and I thank God for you, it's your work that's been produced by this unwavering faith and devotion to Jesus Christ. There are laborers of Jesus among us who have been unwavering in their trust in the Lord. There are some who have been serving Christ for 50, 60, 70 years. People who, when they were mere children, decided to trust in God. And while they haven't been perfect, they've been devoted. They decided that their faith means a lot more to them than simply a statement of trust, but it's a walking with God. Faith, you see, is much more than words. It's more than knowledge. It's more than thinking the right thoughts. It's faith with deeds. It's affirming the lordship of Christ and living like it. It's faith with work. It's work producing uh, that's produced by our faith. That Jesus is number one and I am not. It's living for someone greater than themselves with an unwavering devotion to Jesus Christ. That's faith. We always thank God for you when we think of you because we remember your work produced by an unwavering commitment to Jesus Christ. We thank God for you because of your love, labor prompted by love. Paul thanks the Thessalonians church and he sees a church motivated by the cross, motivated by the greatest act of love, Jesus laying down his life for us, yet while we were still sinners. Paul looks and he sees a church that believed in the power of sacrificial love and generosity and compassion and kindness. And when I think of you, 
When I think of the dearest of saints, I think of your labor and your suffering and your sacrificial kindness and your mercy and your generosity that is inspired by Jesus Christ being your Lord and your God. You've become imitators of his grace and his mercy. Your labor prompted by love. Those are the folks who are remembered well. Those are the people when we think of them, we thank God for them. We thank God for people who trust and know the power of the resurrection, the power of the cross, the power of Christ, and the power of his love. It's those humble servants of Christ know that the least are the greatest in his kingdom. These are the types of people that, few, that fill the pews of our church building. But they don't stay there for too long because this love continues to prompt them and guide them and lead them to labor for the kingdom of Christ. And there are people here who haven't given up. This is perhaps the most difficult thing, consistency. But there are people among us who are enduring because of their hope. They've lost children. They've lost loved ones. They have felt betrayed and hurt by God, by the church, by friends, and by family. They have faced trial and hardship over and over and over again. Yet they have an enduring love for God. Their love endures because God's love has endured for them. They hold on to hope because Jesus is Lord and he is victorious over sin and death. Jesus is victorious over this dark age. And though it often feels as the darkness is closing in on their lives, the love of, the, of Christ and the light of the world prevails. Some, if not all of us, have spent time wondering about how God has shaped the world and have wondered about trials and darkness and hardship and suffering and sadness, and we have questioned God and his motives and his means. We may very well be like the man who was sitting underneath an oak tree, and he says of God, you have made such a mighty and glorious tree. Why do you put such small oak nuts on it? And he questioned not just God and his creation, but he questioned God and all that he did and how the world was and all the evil that was prevalent in it. And then an oak nut fell on his head. And he said, praise God, it wasn't a watermelon. We can spend our lives questioning God. We can spend our lives questioning in the midst of trials and hardship and anger and frustration and wondering, God, your means... Your means are hurting me. And we don't understand your ways. But we know that Jesus is the way. And we know that he suffered. And we know that with him we will get through. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God that he has chosen you. 
because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, and you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model of all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what happened when we visited you. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. The Lord's message rang out from you, from Etna Green, from Bourbon, from Tippecanoe, from Kalkaska, and beyond. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You became imitators of Christ, imitators of his love and his kindness. Despite the difficulty, we've been given a great joy in the Holy Spirit. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. They tell how you turned from idols, idols of comfortability, idols of money, turned from idols of security and popularity and more, to worshiping, serving, and loving the true God, Jesus Christ. I wrote a post simply wanting to express kindness or uh, gratitude for people in my church family uh, back home letting people know dad did go through this don't expect dad to pick up your uh, your bags for a little while and there'll be maybe some new faces and i was just trying to get the word out you know that there were things happening at calcasca feed and supply and all week i was trying to make some sales i've been a salesman for three weeks and uh you know i was trying to pump you know snow was coming so i had salt going and saying, you're going to need rock salt, you know, and come. And we sell a product called Incinerator. I said it was the Terminator of Ice Melt. And I thought about having, like, a, a Terminator on there, but I didn't know about copyright, and I was like, I better not do that. All week, trying to get word out, drum up business. And Facebook has this thing, when you have a business page, it tells you how many people you reach. And so that's just eyeballs, how many people have seen it. And all week, a couple hundred you know, I'm trying to come up with creative nonsense. And I wrote this post about my dad, and I compliment the church, and I compliment family and friends and people and missionaries and what God, what God is doing and how he has helped. It has reached 8,500 people. Now, I was hoping for like a few hundred people that they would see it and know what's going on, but 8,500? And I highly doubt all 8,500 people read the post but even if just a percentage would know and they would see the faith of my father and the faith of church, maybe, just maybe, the, the message of the gospel would come from all of this. We have learned to wait for the Son of God, from heaven, whom God has raised from the dead. That is Jesus, 
who has rescued us from the coming wrath. The word of God says that you belong to him. You have shown yourselves to be his children, treasured and loved by him, and filled with his Holy Spirit. Thank you. When I think of you, I thank God for you. Because of your work produced by faith. Because of your labor prompted by love. Because of your endurance inspired by hope. All of it in the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue. Continue to be a people open to God's spirit. Open to what God is doing in your life. Pay attention to God. And be willing and open to have him lead you. And you don't know where it will take you. If I could go back to the Jordan who was sitting on the porch with some friends and we were pitching some sermon ideas and one of them, uh, my friend Mark, pitched the idea, I think we should do a Holy Spirit series. I said, oh yeah, we should do that. That sounds great. I think we would be really edified by that. Don't ever let me preach on the Holy Spirit again. That was plenty of challenge to trust and, and learn and practice what you're preaching. You know. um, it was funnier in my head. But anyways. Continue. Continue to be a people open to God's Spirit. We don't know where He will take us, but we, if we devote ourselves to Christ and we hold on to an unwavering love in Christ deep and sincere in our hearts, letting that grow and foster among us. Learn to love people as Christ has loved us. Endure, holding on to the greatest hope that Jesus Christ is our forgiver, our redeemer, our savior, our Lord and King. For he is the one who is victorious over sin and death. He is victorious over the darkness and he is the light of the world. And when we hope, and when we love, and when we have faith, we walk in step with him. For we will have to endure, and we will also suffer for our work. But it will all take on a greater purpose. Consider Christ who endures. Consider Christ who suffers. Consider Christ who works. Consider the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. And let us fix our eyes on him. And let us consider his cross and the perseverance and the unwavering commitment of love and the unwavering commitment to God and to us to reconcile us and to make us new, to bring us in to be the people of God, forgiven and loved. Loved. Consider Christ Jesus, your Lord, and your Savior, and your King. Let's pray. Father, I offer today's message simply as a thank you to you, and a thank you to your people. A thank you to the Spirit that goes with us, that we are not alone in the midst of trials. And God, may when we face difficulty, may we be ever more empathetic and better ministers to one another.
God, you've shown me the power and capacity that a simple meal given to a family in need, what it communicates about your love for us. And God, in the gesture of a kind note, or the presence simply at a time of surgery and heartache. God, that just as we have good friends in our lives, we know we have a good Savior. That your Spirit is there along us like a good friend. And when we are famished, exhausted emotionally, exhausted physically, exhausted in every way possible. Your spirit is a nourishing meal, strengthening us, lifting us, Lord, encouraging us and embodying us and filling us overflowing. God, we could say so much, but we simply want to say thank you. And I thank you for my church family. It is not simply my own, but it is ours. Collectively, together, we are under you. And we are your church. And we pray, God, that you would guide us to continue to be a people who endure in hope, who labor in love, who work by faith. We love you and go, go with us. Guide us, your children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily and entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can't get through this on our own. And praise God the Father, and praise the Son, Jesus Christ, and praise His Holy Spirit, that we don't go through life alone. For we have Him with us and in us. Let's stand and sing. I cast my mind to Calvary. Where Jesus bled and died for me, I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bowed and drenched in tears. 